This is Around the Farm, the podcast about all things ag. I'm your host, Clint Schaffer, and today we're joined by Mindy McDermott, a learning development specialist at Climate Field View and the president of Bayer FFA Alumni Group. And today we're going to be talking about all things FFA. Enjoy. Mindy, welcome to Around the Farm. Thanks for joining us here today. Thanks for having me, Clint. It's great to see you again. Yes, yes. It's been a while. So uh, how, uh, how about you introduce yourself to our listeners here? Absolutely. I'm Mindy McDermott. I'm a learning and development specialist at Climate, which means I create training content. I also create how-to materials to help our farmers learn how to use the FieldView platform. I know that, you know, digital can have kind of a, a steep learning curve, Um how are you helping farmers kind of get started and, and start absorbing all of that information? Well, I can remember back when I started at FieldView and there was actually very little to help farmers get started learning how to use FieldView or other digital tools. And so one of the first things that we did was create what we call our knowledge center page. And so that's found at support.climate.com. That page has grown over the years to over 500 documents that show how to use the FieldView platform, the FieldView apps, and they help farmers really understand what button pushes they need to push when and make it really simple for them to understand what they need to do to look at the data that they have collected on their farms. Mindy, I, I, you, you know this. I, I have used that site uh, extensively and, uh, and have had you help me uh, through several different things. Dad and I use uh, FieldView, of course, on our farm, and uh, that Knowledge Center page is absolutely awesome. So hats off to you for uh, putting together such a great site. Well, thanks. It's definitely not just an individual thing that I did. It took a group of people, and there is a lot of collaboration that takes place to put all of the, that content together. Our support team helps a lot and they really, you know, help build those, those pieces and that content for farmers. They know what they get, what questions they get when um, calls come into the support line. And so if we can create documents that will help farmers through those issues so they don't have to call, then that's a really big win when we can, we can live in that kind of a space. I will, I will tip my hat to our support line as well. I've called into uh, to them plenty of times as well. So, <laughs> hey, along with being, uh, you know, the learning and development specialist, you're also the president of Bayer FFA, right? That's correct. We have an FFA alumni and supporters organization that we coordinate here. And anybody that is a Bayer employee can join. Bayer pays our corporate membership, so we don't have to have individual memberships, but it's a great way for folks that work in a corporate environment to still stay connected with FFA members, their local chapters, and even to an organization that gave back to a lot of people that did um, join the FFA or were a part of the FFA whenever they were younger. Yeah, I'm going to have to uh, catch up with you after this podcast. So I'm, uh, I'm an FFA alum and a Bayer employee, and uh, I'm not a part of this. So I'll, I'll, have to, uh, I'll have to be sure to join here. Oh, don't you worry. There'll be a link sent your way to get your information, and we'll get you signed up no problem. Excellent. Well, with that, I mean, how about you give us a little bit of your experience just in general with the FFA then? Well, yeah, that's pretty non-traditional, Clint. I, I was never a member of the FFA. I, I took my first ag class when I was actually a junior in college at the University of Illinois. And so never did I get to take a 
ag class at the high school level. And so um, a lot has changed in agricultural education at the high school level way back when I was in high school. And so I won't give how many years that is to give off my age here, but um, <laughs> I, I first went to my first national FFA convention when I was at the University of Illinois, when I was um, shifting my focus from an animal science degree, which is what my bachelor's degree is, to a master's in agricultural education. And I remember my first national FFA convention, even when I was a college student, how impactful it was. And so um, there are a lot of FFA members that do get to attend national convention and state convention that actually are at state convention and banquet season right now with FFA folks. And it, it is really life-changing for students to be a part of something so spectacular as the FFA. So I, I didn't really answer your question all that great, but I did um, get involved with the FFA by becoming an agriculture teacher. And so I spent about 15 years in Illinois ag education uh, and that's how I really got into FFA and fell in love with it. You know, I, I actually wrote an article for um, FFA not too long ago, and, and I started out as never was I ever an FFA member, never did I ever wear an FFA jacket, but I have helped members prepare for contests and FFA events, and, and I am a member of the FFA alumni. That That is fantastic, Mindy. It's it's. I, I love your story because you know you you started out teaching teaching kids and and helping them and here you are teaching adults now right uh, all in agriculture so that's uh, that's a great story. Yeah, absolutely. When I had the opportunity to be a learning and development specialist at Climate, it, I really did feel like it was a great fit for me because it did uh, fit with my skill set very nicely. Absolutely. Well, with uh, with the the Bayer FFA alumni group. So, as the president, what are what are some of your duties within that uh, within that group? So, some of the the activities that I get to do as president, and we're working on getting a full team of officers back up. Uh, we we were a little bit um, hindered, obviously, with the past two years that we weren't able to engage as we typically have. But a cool thing that I get to do. Um, and, and other Bayer FFA alumni members actually get to do is we get to interact with state officers throughout the U.S. So uh, just a couple weeks ago, I was on a conference call with the Nebraska state FFA officers. And so that's a really great way to interact with members from other states. I get to hear what's on their mind. I get to help educate them about Bayer and the opportunities at Bayer and why we need young people in agriculture. And so we, we do that. Um, actually coming up here is our plant sale. And so we actually have coordinated for about five or six years now with local FFA chapters from Illinois and Missouri to bring their plants to campus. And we have a plant sale for our Bayer employees on campus. And so it's been a great, a great project or a great activity that's very well received from our Bayer folks, but also our FFA chapters. You know, I, I can grow a plant if it's out in a field, but as soon as you put it into a pot, I'm going to I'm gonna kill that thing within like a week. I don't, I don't know what it is, but my, my green thumbs, as soon as it's in a pot, I, I just can't, uh, can't, can't take care of it for whatever reason. 
And see, now that's interesting, Clint, because one of the things that we talk about in agriculture that we can't control is the weather. And when you put a plant in a pot, you really start to be able to control a little bit more of the weather. So I don't know, that might not be saying too much about, I, I don't know, your relationship with Mother Nature. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we won't get all the way into that there. So <laughs> we do have some really high quality plants that show up on campus for that event. So it's a great way to help support the FFA and we're, we're thrilled to be able to provide that partnership. You know, the FFA members get to come to campus and interact with individuals from a global industry. And so that's a, that's a great partnership for us to foster. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you were talking about, you know, really helping them even understand the path, you know, once they're out of school and, and, you know, some of those uh, different career tracks, you know, we're, we're definitely needing people in agriculture, right? I mean, it's, uh, it's an area that, uh, that we continue to need, you know, get, uh, get high quality people. Um, with some of the rural areas seeing, uh, you know, maybe a decline in population, uh, is, there a, is there a decline in enrollment or a need for kids to get enrolled within FFA? You know, actually, Clint, it's, it's kind of the opposite. Um, we see a lot of enrollments in agricultural education nationwide increasing. Um, and folks, it's a, a bit of a misnomer. Folks typically think that FFA chapters exist in small rural communities, but they also exist within our larger metropolitan schools um, in, you know, Minneapolis, Chicago, St. Louis. Uh, when I worked with uh, chapters in the Chicago area, I think there were uh, about a half a dozen. And now there's probably closer to 15 uh, chapters in, you know, in the Chicago you know, metropolitan area, maybe even more than that. I'm just, I'm just estimating. But one of the things that folks do a lot with agriculture in the metropolitan areas is like food processing, horticulture, landscaping, all of those components make a bigger um, influence or have a bigger influence in those chapters. And, and that really helps prepare those students for the diverse careers that we do see in agriculture. You know, it, it's no longer just um, taking on the family farm. That's the foundation of our agricultural education. And that's the foundation of agriculture. But there's a lot that goes on from the time that that seed is planted at a seed production facility like what we have at Bayer, then it goes to the farmer to plant. And then once the farmer plants it, obviously it goes on to a processing plant to be made into a plethora of items that we find in our, our grocery stores and, and marketplaces. Well, and, and that's a great call out, Mindy, because I know back when I was in FFA, we were talking about, you know, um, I remember talking to to another student that they're like, oh, you know, I, I'm really not involved in farming, so why would I jump into agriculture? Yet at that point in time, they were also working at a fast food place, uh, working in the food industry, and uh, and it was one of those where it's like that is agriculture, right? Uh, agriculture touches us in a in a lot more uh, areas than than what we just you know, think of, tend to think of in, uh, you know, out on the farm. Right. Uh, and I think it's really neat too, is you, you bring up, uh, within, within some of these larger, uh, metropolis area or, uh, metropolitan areas, um, as you think, of vertical farming and, and some of that that comes into play, uh, even a lot more, uh, farmers markets that you're starting to see and, and crops that are grown in town or on rooftops and, uh, and all of that is agriculture. That's the neat part. 
Absolutely. And so is ethanol and fuel and clothing, all of those components. Right. And then, you know, think about all of the the employees that we have at Bayer. We have finance specialists. We have uh, data analysts. We have engineers. And if those people have a little bit of knowledge about agriculture, that just helps make our business more successful. And so whenever I do meet with FFA members, they ask, what can we do? Um, and I say, you can talk about agriculture and how exciting the opportunities are within agriculture. Because when I was teaching, one of the things that we talked about when we talked about career awareness is we talked about how, you know, young kids like to, to you know, pick their traditional, what we call sexy or exciting, you know, occupations. And so we think, you know, lawyers and doctors and and some of those things that seem to have some of the high paying jobs, but there are high paying jobs that are in agriculture too. And by the way, you don't have to go to a school for, you know, four plus years to be successful in those careers, but they, they exist. And so we need everybody, all walks of life, all areas of expertise in agriculture. Well, it, it's interesting because I think a lot of folks, you know, when they think of, of farming, right, a lot of folks think of uh, hard manual labor. And and I know just in this, uh, at least throughout my career, it's really shifted away from not all being manual labor. There's still a manual labor uh, part of it. Don't get me wrong on that. But uh, really get into a lot of high technology, right? Uh, whether it's things like digital agriculture, like climate field view, or even uh, into the electronics pieces that control our planners and auto steering and GPS. I mean, these are some of like the the key technologies that will probably be in autonomous vehicles moving forward. Yeah, Clint, one of the things that I always talk to my students about when I was teaching was the fact that the advances in agriculture have allowed for the development of all these other careers, not only in agriculture, but in society as well. So if you think way back when a farmer was growing the food for his family, they were not allowed to go to you know school necessarily. And everybody was in the family was invested in the family farm. And now because we've had advancements in agriculture and farmers, don't need as much manual labor on the farm that opened the doors for people to go to school, to study other things like medicine and law and, and you know, animal agriculture. And so there, there are a lot of jobs that exist today that if we wouldn't have had advancements in agriculture, they wouldn't be in existence because everybody would still be working on the farm, making sure that everybody had enough to eat. And so as we continue to advance in agriculture, that, um, you know, that's a an important thing to think about is how do we fit into society overall? And today, a lot of people are more interested in knowing about how their food does make it to grocery store shelves. And that's the beauty of the FFA and agricultural education, because we are helping provide that that base level knowledge to high school FFA members and ag, and ag students so that they can go ahead and utilize that knowledge as they become consumers, parents, and, you know, other career professionals. Yeah, I, I also see, you know, that technology piece 
allowing, you know, individuals to come back to the farm as well. If they do want to actually, you know, come back to the, to the family farm. Uh, I've seen, you know, talk to different farmers who say, Hey, you know, my daughter's coming back and, and she's going to be leading the, the digital strategy for our farming operation, right. And writing prescriptions and things of that nature, soil sampling, uh, aspects. There's a lot of those pieces that really technology has kind of opened up that door, uh, to allow the next generation to kind of get their foot in the door too, if uh, if they're coming back uh, to the family farm, which I think is just uh, that's a fascinating uh, piece in itself there. But you know, you the other thing too, I think it's uh, that you were kind of talking about as well, which is you know driving awareness. And I know that you've been a part of of, uh, of several different uh, awareness endeavors here, but one of them being the farmer's uh, journey. Uh, that series that uh, that is out. Uh, how did uh, how did you participate within that? Yeah, what a great series that our marketing team has put together. But a farmer's journey is a really amazing set of videos that, through an organization that I'm a part of, a not for profit organization that helps provide and develop curriculum for high school agriculture teachers, we partnered with Bayer and were allowed to include those videos as a resource for teachers to utilize in their classrooms to really get, get a good grasp of what it's like to be a day in the life of a farmer. And many people think that FFA members and agriculture students are, you know, come from a farm, but about 10% of the students that are in agricultural education actually have 50% or more of their income coming from a farm. So even our most connected students are more removed from a production farm. And so if we can help teachers show what it is like to be a farmer, then again, we're, we're driving awareness for people that are may want to go into farming. They may want to consume products from a farm if they want to survive, right? So we're just a driving awareness and making folks aware of what it really is like to be a farmer, that it's not just a pitchfork and bib overalls anymore. It is a lot of technology and they are a banker. They're a, a scientist. They're an you know, agronomist. They are a communicator. They're all of those pieces and careers together. And that, that series really helps bring that to life for our students in our, in our ag classrooms. So many, what kind of opportunities are out there for farmers or, or really anybody to, to be able to, to give back to the FFA? Clint, that's actually a really great question. And there's a lot that folks locally can do within their FFA programs. And many times there are things going on within an agriculture program year round. And so my advice to anybody that wants to be supportive and, and nurturing young people into the agriculture industry is to stop by, send an email to their local ag teacher and just ask, what can I do? Whether it's a guest speaker in their classroom, serving as a judge, or maybe even help preparing a, a team, if it's an ag sales team or a communications team, we're always looking for individuals with expertise in specific areas that can help train young people that obviously are, are knee deep in those, you know, careers. And so they're, they're better suited to help train those individuals. And then 
almost every chapter has an FFA alumni chapter. And so if you want to be involved with the chapter, you don't have to have had a previous experience with FFA. I don't have previous experience as a member. Um, the, the name is a little bit uh, misleading of FFA alumni, but most of the time we reference them as FFA alumni and supporters, right? And so they can get involved. Anybody that wants to be supportive of agriculture education can get involved st simply by talking to their local ag teacher and asking them, hey, I want to be a part of the alumni and I want to help you in ho however I can. You know, one of the other opportunities I've seen start to start to pop up as well is there are farmers now that are offering internships to to students as well, and that was something that uh, you know that we really haven't seen probably much in the past. It was always you had to go to a, a you know a, a retailer or a company of some sort to to find that uh, that internship. But I think as these farming operations expand and expand into some of these high technology aspects that uh, that you and I have discussed previously, there's even opportunities to get your foot in the door as a student. Right. And uh, and I think these are are things that that we're not accustomed to, but are, are definitely expanding. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that the FFA has been doing for many years is called a supervised agriculture experience. And so many people know those as their record book project. Right. And so those areas and, and that SAE project, the supervised agriculture experience projects, those really do expose students to skills that they need to be successful in careers. So, you know, they're keeping records on what they're doing every day in a, in a job. And then they're also recording their finances along with that. And so what are they doing with the money that they're earning? And so are they just blowing it every weekend? Are they using it to purchase you know, something that is an investment for them for the long term? Are they putting it in the money and saving it for college? And so, Obviously, putting all of that information down helps teach those skills, but ultimately the SAE program really provides an internship, to, so to speak, for FFA members for them to develop those skills. My daughter's SAE is doing farmer's markets and taking the produce from our farm and selling those at, at farmer's markets. And we're, we're coming up with a company name and a logo. And so she's involved in all of that. And so those are all aspects of entrepreneurship and starting a business. And those skills are all being taught within the FFA organization. Yeah, I, I love hearing that. You know, I mean, uh, you think about just all of the business skills that, that come along with uh, with record books, but also, uh, you know, like your daughter, she's interacting with people as well, right? Uh, actually being at that farmer's market and just some of those even social skills that you develop during those types of interactions, uh, more business focused, I guess, interactions, I think are absolutely priceless as you uh, as you progress forward in your career. Oh, absolutely. And and there are parameters, right, that are around the SAE that allow students to um, take it to whatever level they, they want to take it. If you, you know, meet certain requirements, you can earn your state degree through your SAE program and then your American degree. And so those are two of the highest honors that you can receive within the FFA. And so those those are things that start with an SAE program, which could be, you know, likened to an internship. 
Yeah, absolutely. So here's a little fun fact. I'm going to give you a little fun fact about myself here. My my SAE program, uh, when I went through, I got third in state uh, with, uh, with my record book project, and it was renting pygmy goats to clear timbers. And, uh, and so we had, I had a roughly about 55 pygmy goats, uh, would have been my, probably my junior, sophomore, junior year of, of, uh, of high school. And, uh, I was renting those out to basically clear, you know, cause a lot of timber without as much livestock that's going through them, they would, you know, get grown up and you could launch these goats out into the timber and they would just clean out all the different, uh, different types of bushes and things of that nature and really make a nice area. The funny part about this is fast forward like, you know, a while and uh, and on a episode of Shark Tank, somebody ended up bringing that business to them and they got like a huge investment. So I should have stuck with it. I should have stuck with with renting goats out because they were uh, it's it's an actual business out there now. Yeah, they, they're actually, um, goats are being used for quite a few unique things. Um, renting them out to, I know you were doing pigs, but goats are, are now being utilized to clear. Um, we need some for our, our wooded area because it's, it's overgrown with, with poison ivy right now. But there's also goat yoga. Did you know that? <laughs> I have seen that. Yes. Yes. Yep. So, I, I have not gotten into that, so I, 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 I don't know how flexible I am to jump into goat yoga yet. So, <laughs> well, your your pygmy goats just show how far advanced you are, Clint. Should have just stuck with it there. So, well, you know, uh, some of the other things that I that I'm starting to see, and I got to ask. I mean, you're you're working with kids all the time, and and you're probably more accustomed to the things that are hip out there. But one of the trends that I'm kind of seeing is mullets and pit vipers, and all these like, you know, this almost like an '80s look that's coming back. Uh, what, what's what's going on there? Well, I, I will tell you that 80s look is definitely coming back, maybe even some 70s with some bell bottoms and crop tops and <laughs> um, long hair, uh, long curly hair in, in um, you know, in boys. So there, there are some of those things, um, you know, but technology is also very hip with uh, young people now, too. It, I'm, I'm constantly telling my children to put their phones down, quit watching videos. So uh, those, those things. And, and yeah, I, I do admit that um, I have seen a few mullets come making it their way back. I'm not sure if some of these are great decisions or not things that need to come back, but, but they are, they're making, making a comeback. Well, I am not one to be known as as hip or staying in trend, but I figured if I just stay with the same look, eventually it'll be back in style again, right? Because that's how that's how it always cycles back, right? What's what's old is new again. Exactly. Every twenty years, I think is what they say. So that's yeah. about right. Well, Mindy, I just want to say thank you for everything that you do for the agricultural community, uh, having all the different outreaches that, uh, that you have and working with all the different groups. Uh, that is absolutely amazing. So thank you for, for, like I said, just thank you for everything that you do. The last thing that I want to ask, though, is how's Dex doing? Well, you know, Dex is outside barking at the trash guys right now, but he's doing pretty good. You guys have probably seen him in his in his uh, farm dog video, he's been uh, quite popular. 
but um, he's he's still been doing some softball and um, and making sure that uh, everything uh, stays stays where it's supposed to here at the farm. That is excellent to hear. Well, again, thank you, Mindy, for uh, joining us here today. And uh, don't be a stranger. It's been been too long since we talked. So uh, we'll have to have you on here uh, here again, maybe uh, maybe this fall. I'm up for a chat with you anytime, Clint. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mindy. Have a great day. A special thanks to Mindy for joining us here on Around the Farm and everything she does for the FFA community. Also, thank you, the listeners. And if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to hit that like button and share with a few of your friends. Also, this episode has been brought to you by Climate Field View. And as always, you can find this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts at. And we'll see you next time around the farm. <laughs>